Welcome to the Mile 99 interview with your host, Jessica Harris, Mike Turner, and Greg Larkin. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the trails. See you out there. See you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mile 99 interview. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Harris. The Mile 99 interview is the place to hang out with like-minded folks in our trail community, share our stories, successes, failures, and your deepest trail secrets. This is also the place to get the latest in local race news and find find out what's going on in our community. We record live on Zoom and Facebook. One take, no breaks, and unlike the trails, what is said here is on the record. Tonight, I'm joined by the best co-host in the whole world, Mike Turner and Greg Larkin. Mike, how you doing? Good, doing great. Uh, it's been a lot of people out of Mammoth Bar running on those Thank trails. It's been uh, it's getting a lot of footwork out there. It's been nice to see people out and running and training. So excited about canyons. We're excited about Mammoth Bar. Anyway, Greg, how are you doing? Yeah, I was out there too. Uh, late run on Sunday, checking things out. Um, courses look, or, uh, trails look like they're in good shape. Did a whole ton of climbing out there. So uh, everyone put your climbing legs on. It's coming and uh, we'll send you off in style, I'm sure. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. And Jessica, how are you? I am great. I did another couch to half marathon on the road. I did run Rockland on Sunday and I know we're talking about big hills coming up for canyons, but Ren Rockland for a road race, it's got some, Greg, you don't live in a flat place. It's got some hills. We got a little bit of dirt and we were running it um, through an old golf course in our area. It was super beautiful and a lovely day. And like so many runners, they had like 1,800 5K people. I mean, it was a massive event, so it was so much fun. Our community really shows up to these running events, huh? Greg, let us know what else is going on in our community. Yes, let me get myself situated here. Well, first of all, I do want to make a uh, a note about some of the, um, or one of the events that's going to be associated with uh, canyons, and that was planned to be the Trail Run Film Festival uh, held at uh, the Auburn State Theater, but unfortunately, as of last night, they've had to close indefinitely due to some structural problems with their roof and their internal ceiling. Um, they've noticed some um, mild collapse issues, I think, is how they termed it, something along those lines, hopefully nothing like major, but uh, they've had to close indefinitely. So the Trail Run Film Festival, unfortunately, is not going to go as planned on the Friday, on the 28th of April. Um, but we've been talking to the um, the organizer and we'll uh, see if there's some alternate way that we can bring that to Auburn at some other date in the future. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, right now, uh, in terms of other news, we have uh, history expeditions, I believe out in the Sierra right now on the east side of the Sierras, making their way through massive snow drifts. Uh, luckily, there are no active storms at the moment, and they are uh, on another expedition to honor um, people that were, uh, you know, searching for uh, precious metals way back in the 1800s. And I believe they're going to be ending their trip uh, this time at last chance uh, in a couple days time. So they're going to have uh, quite a lot to do between now and then with the uh, the amount of snow and everything, and we wish them well. Um, there's a live tracker. I believe you can find them on Facebook at History Expeditions. And other than that, uh, obviously lots of races, 
We're here tonight to talk canyons. We're going to get to all of that. We're excited. It's going to be a big three-day weekend uh, in Auburn. Thousands of runners, thousands of crew members, supporters, onlookers. It's going to be amazing. So we're going to get all the, the scoop here. Uh, we have lots of other races coming up. Uh, we've been mentioning a um, big one for us, I think, also in Auburn, uh, sort of like a little grassroots hometown thing is the Cool Moon races uh, over the June 10th and 11th weekend. Um, you always hope that that's going to be earlier than the heat really starts to set in. But I think last year it was like really hot there, even earlier in June, even after moving it up in the calendar. So get ready for that. Uh, Martin Sango puts that on. Uh, he's going to need a lot of volunteers. So check out coolmoon100.com. And if you're not signed up and you want to get involved in that, or maybe pay somebody. And then we're going to have Western States training weekend coming over Memorial Day. So we're going to be doing a lot of information, um, you know, dissemination before that to get everybody up, up to speed and then the race itself. So plenty of things going on there. Uh, we've been talking it up a lot and a lot of us uh, in the community have been out there working the trails. Um, we still need people out there. Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done on the Western States Trail. Uh, these trails don't stay static. They are constantly changing, and especially after large storms and everything that's been going on this year. So we need a lot of uh, people out there that can uh, swing some picks and move some dirt and cut some limbs. So please check out uh, WSER.org and uh, see if you can volunteer for a sign or sign up or volunteer for one of the work days or the work weekends. Um, beyond that, we start getting into July Tahoe Rim Trail uh, race. I'll be out there. Um, on course, trying to get my uh, my next buckle there. So I'm excited about that. I know a lot of people are going to be up there watching and crewing and supporting that race and volunteering. So we'll be talking a lot about that with uh, George, the RD coming up soon. Um, but I don't want to take too much time because we have a lot to cover tonight. So let's get into it. Awesome. Thanks for the news, Greg. I wonder if, Greg, you could continue on while I try to figure out the live on Facebook problem. Oh, <laughs> I think I did notice um, you could stop the live stream and then reshare it under our page. I think, is that the issue? Yeah, I'm logged in as me on Facebook and I can't log in as somebody else. Oh, okay. Um, a little behind the scenes, everyone. Mike, just make that post public for everyone and we'll get that link shared, okay? So keep okay. sharing it on your page, make it public and we'll send it out to everyone. Gotcha. Yeah, that works cool. too. Thanks guys. So uh, let's see. So while we're working on that there, let's uh, get right into it. And uh, obviously tonight we're very excited to sit back down with the whole crew here, uh, Epic Endurance Events and talking about all the things Canyons by UTMB. Um, we did speak to all of all of them last April on episode 64. We were leading up to the 2022 edition of Canyons, and you know it was a it was a big year. There was a lot of changes. Um, UTMB getting involved and in all of that, um, and so you know continuing on to 2023. Let's get right into it and find out what all the details are. There's a lot of changes, a lot of improvements. Uh, it's a much bigger race this year. So Chaz, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And us. Yeah. And just for anybody that's new, I think I'll ask each of you, like, um, just describe, you know, what your role is um, in the race organization. 
Uh, so I'm Chas Shea, I'm the race director, and uh, we started the event back in 2014. Um, and then shortly after, uh, Abby and Sean came on board. So I've been blessed to have them. Nice. Yeah, I will tell you, it was my first 100K race, and uh, I was really excited to finish that thing uh, back there at Forest Hill um, when I did, I think it was in 2018 or something. Awful look. But yeah, great race. Always a, a big one uh, every spring. Uh, Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Squeeze the shower in before the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It's always Where like, I got to get a run in and do something. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> and what are you, what's your role there, too? Um, so as far as epic endurance events, I've kind of pretty much done a little bit of everything for all of the races, everywhere from permitting to designing, you know, shirts and medals and, you know, the whole gamut. The, um, I love all of it. Um, the only thing I won't do is timing because that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, that's Sean's job. <laughs> um, but um, otherwise, you know, with canyons, it's mostly permitting, aid station organization, layouts, you know, whatever objectives we need to meet. We all kind of group together and do what needs to be done. Awesome. Yes. And speaking of timing and hello, Sean, I saw you at Lake Sonoma. You and Reggie were on course. You were testing out some uh, timing equipment. And uh, so welcome. And yeah, what is your role and how did all that testing go out there at Lake Sonoma? Yeah, thanks, Greg. Um, yeah, I've been with uh, Canyons for nine years now. I think we're on our 10th year, uh, this iteration. Um, been with Chaz and Abby, um, putting on events up and down the 80 corridor. Um, yeah, my my role, I do all the technical stuff, you know, uh, race organization, um, operations planning, logistics, and timing. Um, do a lot of the charts, manuals, spreadsheets, Abby kind of gave me the nickname Formatigan. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Lake Snow was super fun. It was, I was so happy to get back out there. I haven't been out there since I raced it in 2018. Uh, beautiful course. Yeah. So Skip and team were just rad. And uh, yeah, super stoked to be using the timing system that they used. It worked pretty damn well out there. Yeah, I mean, you were showing me like a pretty high tech, like you've got satellite modems attached to the timing equipment and all that, which is perfect for a lot of the areas that we do these races in in Northern California and all over California, I'm sure, where you just don't have good coverage for cell phones and other things. No, yeah. I mean, the the Starlink satellites is a game changer for trail running. It really is, you know, not just for timing, but for, you know, live streaming and just overall communication and safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk more about live tracking and all that, but let's, uh, I'll just sort of start off here and just mention that, uh, obviously, you know, we've had a historic winter with an amount of snowfall. Um, I can only imagine everything that you all have had to react to over the last few months and trying to figure out, like, here's, here's what our game plan was. Now it's almost like we have to start over and, 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 um, just, you know, rethink everything, um, how did you know what has that been like? What's it been like with the people you have to partner with? All the I'm assuming um, safety organizations and landowners and and all of that. Um, does anybody want to kind of just like walk through a little bit of the the backstory there over the last few months to start us off? I guess I guess that'll be me. Um, yeah. So 
Uh, obviously, the snowpack is we've had to alter the 100 mile, 100K. We can't get to China Wall. Um, but we, you know, when the Mosquito Fire happened, um, immediately we were um, on high alert of how are we going to make this happen? Because what happens if we can't use the Western States Trail? Well, we didn't realize that it was going to be snow that was going to make us have to alter the route. Um, so we had initially planned to um, have the 25 and 50K start and finish in Auburn. And so those routes haven't changed. Um, and then the addition of the 100 mile, uh, you know, if, if you're not familiar, it's uh, the extra miles of 100K don't have was going to be picked up over in Cool, Coffer, ALT, and, and all that. Uh, then it was going to rejoin the 100K back at no hands and then continue on up through Mammoth and uh, Drivers, Forest Hill, through the canyons and Loop 6 and finish at China Wall. So, um, you know, we have really great partners out there um, with the uh, American River Ranger District and they did everything we could. You know, they were they're like, look, we'll, we will let you try to make the calls as late as possible. We'll, we'll try to, you know, we can you know, the Placer County was going to be willing to plow Deadwood Road for us, but um, there was no way for us to do the hazard tree mitigation and the trail work in order to get the trail ready. So uh, we waited as long as we could and, and um, had to make the call April 1st. And so, yeah, it takes about six months to organize the race and we had to redo it again in, in about the last three weeks. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been challenging and we've lost a lot of sleep, uh, but now we have an alternate course if, the, if this ever happens again. So it's, yeah, it's not wasted work, I suppose, in that sense, right? Like, yeah, if there was yeah. ever any other, you know, natural issue or something like that, you have, you sort of already now have a backup plan. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. And so uh, with the fire, so we came up with a quick uh, alternate route uh, to finish all distances in Auburn. And I had those approved uh, back in December. Um, so the overall effect um, is, is what brought us to finish all distances in Auburn. And we feel, and I think everyone's going to experience quite an amazing uh, finish atmosphere uh, in Auburn. So out of crazy weather and wildfires, good things happen. So uh, yeah. it's not the... Uh, the route we we planned and um but it's a great alternative oh yeah i i was talking to somebody last night uh who's running the 100k a couple people actually and and just talking through it like this is like you know the chamonix experience utmb like it's in the town it starts it finishes you know like if they're finishing way out you know beyond forest hill it, it sort of like removes the energy it now you're pulling all that energy back in so you know, I like that in a way. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So stay tuned for course updates for 2024. Mm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, there are some cutoff changes, it looks like. Um, so th some of them have been extended. Do you want to talk through that a little bit? Sean, that's you, baby. Yeah. Um, so just to clarify that the overall cutoffs haven't quite been extended and in fact they, they were short shortened just because oh i'm sorry i was reading it opposite you're right let's just make that clear yeah. um 
but yeah, that's just because, you know, there's a significant amount of elevation that's been pulled from the course, you know, mm-hmm. um, we're, you know, we're not heading out all the way out to China wall anymore. Um, so, you know, working with, uh, Western States, uh, you know, Craig gave us a new qualifying time for, uh, the hundred K, which is, um, 18 hours. And now the overall cutoff for the hundred K is 19 hours. Um, our hundred miler was reduced from 36 hours to 32 hours. Um, and the 50 K and 25 K since those courses didn't really change, um, those cutoffs remain the same. Um, okay. and some of the intermediate cutoffs, like at the aid stations, we had an update uh, just because, um, you know, again, we're not heading out to China wall. So we're not visiting Michigan bluff and, and uh, Deadwood. So we had to update some of those intermediate cutoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Apologies. I, I was reading on the fly and kind of flipped those around. <laughs> so get a rudder complaint. I'm just going to give them your email. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're out there 35 hours. This guy on this podcast said what? <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for clarifying that. And I mean, just a kind of like a testament again to the connections you have to establish and maintain with organizations like Western States, the Rangers, all these things, you know, changing courses, changing cutoffs, all of this has to be done in a very fast manner and they have to respond to you. So kudos to all of you. And I, yes, I'm sure you've lost a lot of sleep. I was going to ask about that. Like how many hours a day you've been putting in over the last few weeks on all this stuff. A lot. A lot. That's why I'm glad to get a shower. <laughs> yeah, right, right. There you go. I'm just hoping to get a shower in before race day. Yeah. <laughs> That's a top goal. Um, okay. So in terms of then like everything's, Starting there, ending there, um, what are the start times for people uh, that they need to know about now? Has anything changed there? Is it still the same? Yeah, nothing. nothing's changed there. So uh, Friday morning, the 100 miler will uh, still start at 9 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning, the 100K will start at 5, uh, 50K at 6 on Saturday, and then lastly, the 25K at 7. So the start times do not change. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a really, uh, like, I'm I'm wondering for hundred milers, like, you know, a relatively late start, you know, but is that sort of also following the UTMB model a little bit? Like they start in the daylight. If I, if I've seen things correctly, is that right? Or even at night or even going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the, I did CCC this past year. We we started around 9am, but the hundred miler, the UTMB starts, I think at five. Mm. Um, And we definitely considered that uh, for our hundred miler. Um, and it may be implemented in future years, but we, we like that aspect of just sending everyone through the night, you know, give the elites yeah. a shot to put on a headlamp. Sure. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> awesome. Maybe see some newts out there. I'll keep your eyes open. <laughs> All right. And so prior to that, uh, so yeah, I mean, hundred milers are starting on Friday. Everyone else is starting on Saturday. Um, you've got some lead up time there then. I mean, you've got to arrive, you've got to get your packet, you're going to have, um, you know, vendors, I'm, I'm assuming, and other things going on. Can you kind of talk about all the activities leading up to that starting time that either they have to do or they would uh, be very interested in doing in the Auburn area? Abby? Uh, we're, we're talking about packet pickup. I'm sorry, I don't have this. Yeah, schedule. packet pickup and just other yeah. other kind of like free race things going on for yeah, the runners. Yeah, unfortunately, um, like you said, our um, 
our trail film festival was canceled because of the, the theater. Um, there is going to be a downtown party on Friday night. Um, I believe it starts at 5 p.m. Um, packet pickup on Thursday and Friday. Um, then the finish line is going to be taking over the expo on Saturday morning. And so we'll have the, all the finish line food is going to be within the expo. I believe we'll still have expos and vendors down the street. So it's going to, it's going to be a large block party for sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the, the expo starts on Thursday at 1 PM. So a uh, packet pickup will start on Thursday at one and that goes till seven. Um, and then there's runner briefings uh, Thursday and Friday happening. And then there's just all kind of activations um, and just special events with sponsors and different groups in and around Auburn. Awesome. And I'm thinking I, they're receiving all of this through email or some other, other means. So they have a complete schedule of everything going on. Correct. Correct. Yep. It's, it's on the website as well. Um, yeah, I'd recommend getting your uh, bib and getting all that done uh, before your race morning, if possible. So if 100 miles, milers come in on um, on Thursday, you know, it's it's okay. there's a lot of time. The 100 miler is not so critical, but, you know, trying to get if no one picks up their bib uh, before Saturday morning, there's going to be, you know, uh, 15, 1600 people that we would have to hand out bibs to in a three hour window. So there'd be long lines and uh, we might have to delay the start. So get there early, enjoy the atmosphere. Um, uh, similar to last year, I believe I'm, we collectively don't have time to do, like, I think there's going to be a band on Friday and some food and, and beer vendors. Uh, the aid station, it's going to be right there by the aid station. Paolo be selling beer and, and all the gear that you may have forgotten or need, uh, something you can stop into the aid station. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's just going to be um, a, a ton of, of activity starting Thursday. So we're, we're shutting down uh, High Street Thursday at 9, and it will reopen again Sunday, either depending on how our, when our last finisher comes through, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, we'll have it open uh, by first thing Sunday morning. So, um, and uh, if anybody's down, be a little downtown. <laughs> if anybody's downtown um, spectating, or you are oh, in the starters okay. shoot in the morning, um, you could possibly see hundred milers coming in during the start. So we're going to have that big, huge hurrah for those guys coming in as the sun's coming up. And everybody's lining up to take off. It's going to be pretty spectacular. Um, uh, bib pickup. Uh, there is no, if you are planning, if you're in canyons and you're planning on dropping to a lower distance, there is no race day drop down. That has to happen, uh, you know, prior to race morning of your race. That is very important to know. Um and drop bags. Let's talk about drop bags for a second. It's a pet peeve of mine. Um, please put your full name on your drop bag, your bib number, the aid station that you would like that drop bag to go to, and maybe even the mile marker that aid station goes to. Um, 
very important information. I would hate for your drop bag to show up at a different location. <laughs> we're going to have duct tape and, and pens and tables uh, there to do that. And um, the drop bags are going to be dropped directly into a big box truck. That's uh, very visible. Great information there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not sufficient just to throw your number on there and hope it gets somewhere. I mean, you've got multiple drop bag locations, so it's extremely important, as Sean said, to put the location and ideally the mile marker number on there so that everything is uh, delivered as needed. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you got people probably coming out doing this without crew, some of them. Um, it's going to be pretty much your race if, if you don't get those drop bags where they need to go. So very good. Uh, okay, so um, logistically, I mean, tons of runners, tons of support people, all of this parking. Uh, Auburn is not a huge town. It's very compact. It's got a lot of little streets. What's the guidance on parking and shuttling people around? I can talk a little bit about parking. Um, we do have the Railhead um, Park parking lot reserved and overlook. Um, we do have shuttles are going to be running from um, downtown Auburn and circulating those areas during the race starts to get runners down to the start line. This is why we really emphasize people picking up their bibs before the race. Um, they can park all along the Pacific Road that goes up between those two, Overlook and Railhead. Um, there's random parking throughout town, but um, it's, you know, early early show up, you're going to get the best parking spot. And um, on our um, website, we do show the parking areas uh, and the times for the shuttle pickups. Chaz, do you want to speak to shuttles? Oh. A quick question. If you get there, is are the gates open all night? So theoretically, could you? No. Yeah, no, please. Yeah, don't, when we say early, don't, don't show up at two o'clock. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, they will be closed. Um, we're going to anticipate opening the, the gates around 345. Um, our first shuttle uh, will be arriving hopefully no later than four, maybe a few minutes before that. Um, there's There are other uh, areas uh, around Auburn, around downtown that don't have the three-hour um, sign. So if a friend's coming and you want to be closer and a friend's going to drop you off and then um, you know, maybe go to another location to see you later and crew you. Uh, that is, there's, there's a lot of that, you know, there's places like the high school um, and, 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 you know, so just be mindful of that. But um, we're going to be putting out with our last email, the uh, uh, Auburn City Transit has a new program. It's on demand. Um, so they're going to create a special route for canyons uh, for Friday and Saturday. It's going to, uh, the pickup is going to be uh, the Joe Elders uh, shuttle stop there right across from the State Theater. Uh, you'll scan the QR code, download the app, uh, pick the route that you want to go to, which will be the canyons route that will take you back to Overlook or Railhead. And um, there is no fee for that. That is uh, on the house. Um, and if there's a group of five, only one person needs to do that. And likely they're just gonna keep shuttling or circulating buses. But if there's nothing there, you can do that. Um, we'll get that out to all the runners in an email. Um, um, I have one more thing, but I just lost it. Uh, okay, that's it. 
<laughs> Maybe my questions will inspire you. Um, do people need to pay for any of the shuttles for Railhead or any of that? No, so uh, good, good. That was it. You're right. Um, so the uh, people who prepaid their shuttle have um, first uh, first uh, access. If there's, they're free to anyone. So if there's room on the shuttle and you didn't pay for a shuttle pass, you can still get on the shuttle. So you don't have to buy a shuttle pass to get on the shuttle. But for the first in that early morning round before the start, let's uh, runners have uh, first priority and paid runners have uh, first priority. Awesome. And my next question for some of the locals who might be really familiar with the area, is there any roads that are going to be closed that like maybe they might have tried to park down or any roads that they need to avoid going through for the race or for the start finish or any of that? Yeah, so the start-finish area is closed uh, from Lincoln and Lewis up to where Lincoln turns off of High. All right, so High Street is closed at the Lincoln-Lewis intersection up to Lincoln where it turns and goes to the proper downtown. Uh, then from there, uh, course route, uh, there'll be temporary closures during the, the starts to get all the runners out to Roby Point. Um, there will be a, a lane closure on Cherry for the return runners. Uh, and that will be the, uh, I think, as you're returning down from the White Bridge, it'll be the right side. Is that correct? Yeah, same with the flow of traffic. We're going to have a cone lane. Um, there you're going to turn left on Magnolia and then go, there'll be a cone lane on, on the right side and taking you to Lewis. We make a right turn and another right turn back on high and finish the way you started. So there, the, those are the temporary closures I talked about, but yeah, uh, High Street will be closed from Thursday through Sunday night or Saturday night. Got it. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, plan ahead, everybody. Um, we we touched a little bit on the drop bags and just kind of what Sean said about marking them properly, but. The other important thing I'm seeing to note is that they're only being dropped on race morning. So don't bring them, you know, two days before or anything like that. Bring them with you race morning. Uh, anything else there uh, that we need to note, uh, Sean, to make that easy? Yeah, no no suitcases or, you know, Home Depot uh, storage bins. Uh, <laughs> a, a regulation that we have to, to stick to. Um, and someone in the chat actually pointed it out. Um, that the runner's guide didn't give a size, but the race regulations do. And the and the the size that we need to stick to is eight by 10 by 16. Mm, great information. Yeah. Yeah. We, we see a lot of different uh, imaginative uh, types of drop bags out there, people. So uh, yeah, keep an eye on that dimension there. Make sure it fits uh, just like you were going on a flight in the little bin. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Uh, no weight limit, though. So if I want to pack it as full as possible. <laughs> yep. I mean, it is oh, obvious if you put a find a bar of gold. Go yeah. <laughs> I need my luck. Yeah, my lucky lead bar in there. Always a good thing to have. Um, <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, and then there's different uh, locations that I think they'll probably be informed about where they can have those dropped off. Um, everything will be returned to downtown next to the expo. Um, but if you are unable to retrieve your drop bag afterwards, you definitely want to get in touch with the race organization. It sounds like. Yeah, we also will have, um, 
awards for the 100K, 100 mile on Sunday from nine to noon. So we will also have drop bags available at that time. Awesome. All right. Uh, crew, there's obviously been a lot of changes to the aid station layout and that. Um, are, what are the updates for crew members in terms of access and all of that that you'd like to communicate to them? Um, yeah, I, I could take the crew locations. Um, and and someone, we, we had a runner message not too long ago, and it was, it was a great question, uh, that just our crew locations are spectators allowed. So yes, uh, spectators are allowed at crew locations, um, and spectators are not allowed outside any other aid station that where crew is not allowed. So I just clarify that. But um, cool is going to be a crew location for both the 100 mile and the 100K. And then uh, driver's flat is going to be a crew location uh, for all distances except for the 25K. Um, Chaz, do you want to talk about the confluence and what's happening down there and the best way to access some of these locations? Uh, yeah. So with the amount of runners coming through, um, state parks, uh, is closing, uh, allowing us to close old forest Hill road from the 49 bridge that crosses the American. Uh, so up there to forest Hill road, um, Unless you are uh, have a pass, either you know staff or volunteer or media, you cannot go uh, continue on Old Forest Hill Road. Uh, we are also going to be closing the uh, free parking just on the other side of the bridge uh, to access No Hands. Um, so there is, and then they're also closing quarry uh, parking area. Um, they're they're just really concerned uh, the amount of, of cars that come down through there on a Saturday. So uh, the other closure will be late, lower Lake Clementine Road on Saturday. Um, so there will be, uh, you'll have, if, you know, again, unless you have a pass, you won't be able to continue on to lower Lake Clementine Road. Um, cool staging is closed to the public, but open to us. So until on Saturday, so crew spectators, that whole, cool area is closed for the public, but open for the event. So there's lots of parking there. Um, and so, yeah, Old Forest Road is both days, Friday, Saturday, and free parking. But unless you plan on going to cool, I, I, I would, we can't get anyone into Mammoth Bar. So then towards drivers from the confluence, you'll have to go back up to Auburn and around. Yeah, super important because that is a critical area up there. Uh, it links a lot of places. So everybody pay attention to that one for sure. All right. Uh, good to know. Um, next thing I guess uh, would be interesting to talk about would be mandatory gear. Um you know, the, some of this is going to be remote. There's going to be maybe some distances between aid stations um, where you need to be self-sufficient. And do you have like actual gear checks or are these recommended gear um, lists or how, how is that working for everybody? Chaz? What are you? Me? Okay. <laughs> Working out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, uh, he must be live streaming from Kel too. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, there is mandatory gear. Um, 
as far as that being checked at, at you know check in you know similar to you know like a, a the UTMB um it it won't be like that there there is a chance that it could be checked out on course um uh that that is the plan so the mandatory gear is yes you have to have that stuff on your person at all times uh during each of those events the mandatory gear is a little bit different between uh each distance so just make sure you check the race regulations in the website and your runner's guide uh the recommended gear is you know just based off our personal experience and our knowledge of the course um but you know definitely not needed um so um yeah. And then, you know, as far as, I mean, we're in Auburn, we're in the foothills, we've just had a historic winter. Um, and I mean, we've seen everything from 85 degree weather to snowing 18 inches the day before the race. So there is a hot weather cold or hot weather kit and a cold weather kit that if it is implemented, uh, will be announced, um, you know, prior then hopefully the night before each race, which we did for the hundred K last year, because we got 18 inches of snow at China wall. <laughs> so in the 2023 runner guide, it lists the mandatory gear for each distance. So as long as you have that with you, whatever you decide, you will already have it with you, whether it's a hat or whether it's a parka, it'll already be in your possession, right? Yeah. You need to have it on your person. Like, yeah, I believe the, I mean, don't quote me, but I believe the hundred mile requires a pack um, so as long as all that mandatory gear is on your person or in that vest, um, you're good to go. So um, it looks like the weather is going to be pretty decent this year. The temperatures are starting to climb. It looks like it's going to be close to 78, 80 degrees. Um, so it's unlikely that we're going to have the cold weather gear, but if you're traveling from far away, please bring that with you. We never know what's going to happen. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be great. Hopefully the um, weather cooperates. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like things are warming up. But even still, like I find myself just uh, in my pack pretty much all year round. I just have one of those like aluminum, aluminized types of, uh, you know, safety um, blankets. I mean, they're so light. They're so easy to carry. And, you know, if you need it, you need it. <laughs> so it's yeah, yeah. not a bad thing to have if you're going slow at night and it gets cold or whatever. So Chaz. Yeah, it's still so going to cool down. The, the cold weather kit that we would have would be like uh, a pant, a light, you know, waterproof pant, gloves, uh, a beanie, um, an extra insulating layer uh, for your top. So I'm not going to say it, but I don't think we need it. So. <laughs> But that would be our cold weather kit. That's not in the mandatory gear at this time. Mm -hmm. It's not part of the mandatory for this year. Go ahead, Abby. You also have to judge for yourself. If you're from a warm weather area, it's still going to get cold at night. If you're moving slow, keep those extra layers in your pack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a feature of this area is just the large temperature swings day to night. So people yeah, that aren't familiar with that type of thing, be, be aware of that for sure. Sean. Um, what one uh, common runner question we get, um, and maybe this is a clarification we need on our website, but is, uh, it, are there any water crossings? Um, you know, cause we mentioned the confluence and the North and middle fork of the American river a lot. Um, there, as far as I know, there's not going to be anything, right, Chaz? I mean, there might be a stream or two. Yeah, there's a couple streams, you know. Uh, creeks um, on Cal section. 
Yeah, cow section. Uh, maybe like ALT past main bar up there, but I, I I think it's nothing that you're gonna need to change the clothes for. Something I think we'll be able to jump over. Yeah, your feet will get wet, but you don't. You're not gonna be submerged in water. Not it won't be like uh, our early season races out there. And I'm just like, oh my god, that looks so cold. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they had to, what, Sean, they had to build a floating bridge out there at Lake Sonoma a couple weeks ago, I guess, to get over. That, that was impressive. Yeah, they pulled that off really quickly. So lucky to hear that we don't have to do anything like that out, out this way. Um, we have a whole, um, you know, series of information here about the course itself. Obviously, it's changed. I'm, I'm guessing that's been communicated really well. Um, so I don't know that we need to go through all of that exhaustively, but is there anything late breaking that you want to call out for any of the race distances course wise or anything like that. Um, you want to, okay. Yeah. So, um, our, on our website, it shows us running along the confluence trail, uh, and there was a washout, uh, on the confluence trail itself. So leaving, uh, no hands, the 50 K and 25 K, uh, and hundred K and hundred mile after they come back from the cool loop, I was supposed to jump on that confluence trail, which we used last year. It's a phenomenal trail, but there was a bot, there was a washout and um, land management does not think it's stable enough for our race. So we cannot use that trail. So we're running up old forest Hill road, uh, which Chaz mentioned earlier will be closed to vehicle traffic. Um, so we will run up the road. It's like, around a mile and then take a right on mammoth bar and they get to come uh, and then take a left immediately back on uh, to get back on the trail there. And they come down and see you guys. That's um, right. Yeah. We're going to be down there at mammoth bar. Um, if anybody hasn't gone through there, you're going to love it. It's a whole great area that is very quiet. I've noticed. And uh, I think, yeah, a lot of people should explore if they love climbing. Yeah. Chaz. Uh, so the 25k will turn left there at the Mammoth Bar gate and go up the Culvert Trail. So 25k, sorry, you don't get next year. Uh, run the 50k and then you'll get to see them or higher. Um, so yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, we're gonna see a lot of people coming down through there. Um, you'll get sent out and then you'll be climbing up. I think it is the East side trail, um, which will take you right up to the rim of the Canyon there from down by the river. So put the climbing legs on, that's going to be a good one. And that actually leads me to a point that I'm seeing here. Holes are allowed. Is that, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I was out training with poles this weekend um, on those climbs. And um, yeah, if you've got a pair of poles and you're feeling proficient with them, I would recommend uh, using them, uh, especially when they get really, when the climbs are that steep, uh, they can really put a lot of power into your, into your climbing. So uh, something to consider. Um, pacers, we haven't talked about pacers. What's the ruling on pacers? I can talk the a little bit about pacers. Go ahead, Abby. Okay, so um, pacers are allowed for the 100 mile. They're only allowed from Forest Hill at mile 40, I believe it's about 40 and a half, right? No, six, I'm sorry. 65, 49. Yeah, 60 and a half, or 65, yeah, I'm sorry. 
And um, they can check in at, um, after bid pickup. There's going to be a um, information booth where Pacers can check in at the expo or they can check in at Forest Hill. We are not providing shuttles for Pacers up to Forest Hill. They have to um, organize their own transportation. Um, they do have to travel with their runner from Forest Hill to the finish and they have to be self-sustained. Um, we're, we're, you know, we'll provide if, if needed, we'll provide hydration or whatever the, the pacer needs, but it is a substantial uh, distance for them to cover. Excellent. That's uh, very good to know, especially, yeah, just the transportation out there. So there could be a little bit of logistical work there, especially if it's a one-way trip and, you know, then they have to work their way back and all that. Um, and then you mentioned food and, you know, being self-sufficient and all that. And that actually leads into a, a great segment that I think a lot of our uh, runners in these pre-race briefings like to know about, and that is aid station food, fueling, um, all the things related to that, because obviously with these distances and all of all of the uh, remote trails out there, they're going to come in, they're going to need a lot of uh, sustenance to get themselves going. So who are the sponsors? What types of food? What can they expect at the aid stations and the volunteers and all that? Fabby? You guys want me to take that? Okay. Um, our um, nutrition sponsor is NAAC, N-A-A-K. I believe they're a, a French-Canadian-based company. Um, you can search them on the web. I believe the aid station is carrying some of their products. Uh, Sean, I think it's with the, um, the drink and the bars at the aid station. Okay. Um, we will have bars. The hydration will be provided by NAC, and we'll also have stroop waffles on course. Uh, as far as goos, we are carrying goo brand on course right now. Um, those are not provided by NAC. Um, we will have your traditional aid station fare at every aid station, and then beginning at Mammoth Bar, and then further distances, um, we will be having hot foods for the 100K, 100-mile races. Word is that we have a, a short order cook on our staff here that will be whipping up some uh, fantastic uh, offerings at Mammoth Bars. So. Yes, yes. We've been encouraging all of our aid station captains, if you have something fancy you want to serve up. And we have people coming from 36 different countries to this race. So if you guys oh. want to serve something unique and maybe geared towards some of their country fare, we encourage it. Well, well back, we have yes. to... Our, two of our um, aid station captains are vegan. So you're rolling into pretty much a vegan <laughs> aid station. But I mean, we'll take care of you. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. I, I, oh, I, yeah, I know. I know pacers have to be, you know, self self supported and, you know, but uh, are race directors allowed to, uh, you know, get that special food at Mammoth Bar, Greg? No. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh maybe. <laughs> What, you have to what, run there. <laughs> what are you going to bring me when you check in with me? What do you, what do you need, Jessica? <laughs> oh, everything. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like we were talking about. I mean, the temperature swings uh, day to night. Uh, getting that hot food into you, getting the broth, getting all that stuff. It's just going to bring you back to life. So if you're a new runner and you're starting out, and this is maybe an upgrade to your distance. Um, take advantage of that. It's going to really make a big difference to your, uh, how you feel during the race and, and probably keep you going. So, uh, yeah, 
check out Mike, see what he's got on the menu, put an order in. <laughs> and Mammoth Bar, we are really lucky. We're getting a lot. Well, we're pretty full for volunteers. I mean, if you guys want to come and camp with us, it's going to be a good experience. We welcome any new volunteer. We have a lot of people who've never volunteered for an aid station before, and they're going to come and hang out with us. So that feels like the best privilege ever. But I know that the race does have a lot of other volunteer needs, like course marshalling, which is super duper uber fun to make sure you get a flag, maybe a little vest, you get to be in charge to make sure runners are going the right way. Um, all of it is on the Canyons website. If you just scroll down and said become a volunteer, it's a super easy platform. Um, and you can do multiple shifts. What's up, Sean? Um, I believe we have our volunteer director on this call. I saw Miss Angela, but um, I didn't want to put her on the spot, but she's welcome to talk about the um, volunteers. Angela, yeah. Do you mind speaking to volunteers? Oh, so well. You introduced it so well. And I appreciate the course marshaling because we need a ton of course marshals. Um, I was just putting on volunteer local right now, my cell number and where you're going to check in for all of those fun positions. Um, there's also a party that Sean's going to have at the aid station on Wednesday. He still needs volunteers for because all of these, because he's got this great new timing system, all these timing chips actually need to be adhered to the bibs. A lot of bibs. How many bibs? How many runners do we have? Uh, we're going to be tagging about 2,200 bibs. There you go. So he's going to have pizza for anybody who wants to join him and that adventure. But if you sign up for that pizza party, please sign up for course marshal or something too later on. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think this is a really good platform and community. Like if you've never volunteered for something, you will be walked through the entire thing. You're not going to be signed up for something and be left. Um, so if anyone new is wanting to volunteer, you never have, don't be intimidated. It is a really welcoming fun and super rewarding thing um, to volunteer for. And um, so yeah, check out, there's a bunch of dates and times and shifts that should work for everyone. We would love to see you guys out there as well. Absolutely. And it looks like, yeah, so volunteers get swag, they get early entry into future uh, races. There's a giveaway by Hoka. Um, and yeah, just lots of good stuff. Um, I can tell you from personal experience many times, I mean, it's just so fun to participate in someone else's race in that way to encourage them and get them further towards the finish line. Um, just like when we do races and you hear all that cheering and all that support, you get to do that. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's so rewarding. So uh, yeah, please, please show up, please check the website, uh, get on the volunteer list and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get it all done. Um, swag. So what are the racers getting? Um, you know, you sign up, uh, you're in the different distances. Do they get uh, a nice little goodie bag? And if they don't happen to start, they can't for some reason injury or whatever, are they still going to get their swag? Uh, so yes, they, they, the start, at, at the bid pickup, uh, we're handing out shirts to everyone. Um, unfortunately we don't have hats, uh, this year. Um, it's, it's <laughs> sort of, um, Aww. well, yeah, the, the, um, sort of the, the UTMB ethos and, and to go back, I wanted to talk about it. Um, we were sort of back and forth within the loud pacers and that's sort of the, the 
standard that's been set. The goal is um, self-autonomy and, and to do this journey on your own, but we know that that doesn't really translate to the US market yet. Um, so we're, and that's why we're making it not, not so easy. It's like, you can't have as many pacers every 15 miles, like, you know, they do at other events. So, um, and then the, uh, finishers, uh, for the 25 and 50 K get, uh, finishers medals. The hundred K gets the custom branded, uh, hand branded belt by, uh, Abby. I could share that mess, that photo I just took of her here over the weekend. And then the 100 mile gets our new uh, custom made belt. There's a silver for sub 24 and a bronze for sub 32. Nice. And I I haven't mentioned this yet, but let's not forget, this is a golden ticket race. This is, I believe, the final golden ticket race prior to Western States. Is that right? Yeah. I believe Rio de Lago is the final, isn't it? No, no, no. That's qualifier. That's a qualifier. Oh, I'm sorry, qualifier. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> so yes, uh, we're the last golden ticket race on the calendar. Um, so top two male and female um, go directly to Western States. Uh, we are also the America's major for the UTMB World Series, the Continental Final. Um, so the top ten male and female go directly to the corresponding distance that they are running in. Wow. Uh, and now. That's for this year. So on top of that, each age group uh, category uh, will winner, male and female, will go direct to UTMB, uh, same distance that they are registered and running for. And some of the more popular age group uh, categories, probably uh, 30, 40, 40, 50, will have two, top two will get direct access to UTMB, uh, whatever distance you're running. Uh, On top of that, the major um, for the 100 mile, you get eight stones, 100K, you get six stones, 50K, you get four, and the 25K, you get two. So you need stones. They're the same thing as a ticket to the Western States lottery in order to enter the UTMB lottery for the UTMB World Series finals in Chamonix, France. So the people who get a golden ticket can also get priority to UTMB. Just like, just like a golden ticket. It's a golden ticket to UTMB. So hundred top 10, 100 milers go direct to UTMB this year. So or everyone CC. go, everyone go and try and win. <laughs> or, or top 10 and you're going to Chamonix, baby. That's wow. amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm going to hazard a guess. We're going to have an extremely fast finish time this year too. <laughs> I can't wait to see how that all plays out. I mean, last year was dramatic enough with Adam Peterman and then golden ticket and going on to win Western States in his debut hundred. I mean, this is where these just unbelievable stories are made. And uh, yeah, I mean, just this is huge people. So <laughs> If you're not in the race, come volunteer, come watch, come participate. You're going to get the bug. Absolutely. For sure. Um, So all those runners over 2000, they're coming in, they're finishing, they're coming into Auburn. I'm sure it's just going to be an absolute madhouse party scene. Um, What can they expect when they cross that line? They've got the food, they've got the celebration, they've got the awards ceremony. Walk us through that. Abby? <laughs> oh, like, 
I'm going to lean to Chaz on this one. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, what are we doing? What's going on? I don't know. No. Uh, Wait, it's the one thing that hasn't been planned yet. Uh, permits? I'm supposed to get permits? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, so, no, it'll be um, the bib uh, pickup tent will be turned into the finish line food tent uh, at Expo. Um, so you'll get your uh, award, your finisher's award when you finish. Uh, we do have uh, a new medical facility we're securing that is right adjacent to the finish line. If you need help, you'll be escorted off to uh, the right. It's the old Tap and Vine building right below Milo's snowboard shop. Um, uh, off to the other side, you go off to the left. Um, we're going to have uh, Monsters of Massage are going to be there uh, on East Placer. Yay. Um, and then the expo will still be going on. If you want to go back into the merchandise store, buy yourself something that you didn't want to buy because you didn't want to buy it before the race because I know Sean was like, I'm not buying a hat unless I run the race or whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, so we'll have sort of um, uh, our, you know, for uh, food wise, uh, 100 mile, 100K um, burritos, uh, soup and, and 25, 50K soup and broth and quesadillas fruit, cookies, that kind of stuff. But our goal is not to feed you too much. We want you to go and eat out in Auburn. We are shutting down Auburn for quite a long time. And our promise is the businesses will be happy and full. So that is the goal. Um, we will, uh, cool thing, I just got off the phone with the owners of Poor Choice in Old Town. Uh, so for each morning, they're going to provide free coffee for all runners and staff and volunteers. And hopefully I said, go, even if you go to Costco and buy 500 bagels, people are going to need food that early. I'm not just not necessarily runners, but throughout the day, like just go get, go buy boxes of croissants and sell them. So they'll be right near there near the expo. Um, also on, on Friday for the street fair, there's going to be like Old Town Pizza is going to be doing pizzas. I think uh, someone's going to be doing tacos, Carol's Market's going to be doing pulled pork or stuff like that. So uh, there'll be tons of stuff. Paul will be uh, serving beer. And, but, but I don't have all the details who's coming just because I don't have time to figure out all of it out. But <laughs> that's, that's a little more than you asked for. <laughs> that's what's happening. That's yeah, gonna be that's yeah, gonna be great. It sounds like uh, so much to do down there. It's gonna be pretty fun. I had a quick question about about GPX files. So the link is in the runner guide, right? They can get the GPX from the runner guide and it takes them to to CalTopo. Uh, yeah. So you you can find the GPX file in several locations. Runner guide is one of them on the website of each race page. If you go to, um, you scroll down, the, the first thing you'll see is a profile, which is the elevation profile. But if you click the next tab and you hit map, you could download that GPX as well. The third tab on the website says 3D profile, and that's CalTopo. And you could click in the top left of the website there, uh, and it says open in CalTopo, then it opens up a new window. Um, and that's kind of like an interactive map. Um, and you could export the GPX there as well. Um, and reminder about the course on race day, follow the flags, no matter what your watch says. 
Yep. So, um, yeah, Mike, you and I were talking earlier, uh, GPX is what the intended courses is, you know, and, um, just weather and any other things out of our control may change that course. So, um, on race day, you always follow course markings. Um, so if I know a lot of us load our GPX up on our phone or our watch, um, and if your watch is telling you to go one way, but course markings go in the other, you always follow course marking. And another good uh, reminder for anyone new to running or again, upgrading, and maybe, you know, this is pushing you into a new uh, realm where you're not always going to have your wits about you, but always try to remember if you don't see a flag for quarter mile, half mile, such and such, uh, always a good idea to kind of check yourself and see if you need to go back and find it. So uh, you, the course ribbon will correspond to your course bib color. So if you're not sure which ribbon to follow, look at your bib. That's so intuitive. <laughs> That's so smart. We really yeah. like that. That's super I think that was Abby's idea. <laughs> That's a good one. That's great. Really Excellent. Like that. And for, for bibs, um, you know, this bib tagging yeah. part that we're doing, um, I'm I'm guilty of this, and ultra runners are very guilty of this. Let's not fold the bibs, okay? Uh, you know, up to a little origami thing to you know fit yeah. on your shorts. Um, they need to be uh front facing, they need to be visible by the aid station staff as you come in. Let's not put it on the pack, let's not put it on your rear end. Uh, don't put it on a rain jacket that you're going to take off, uh, you know, front facing, please. Um, that is, uh, it, it's a safety reason. So hoping everyone could hear that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great call out because, um, you know, we have to account for everybody, right? Like this is a big, uh, large, I'd hazard to guess like the biggest race that's ever been going through these trails. <laughs> Um, and we don't want anyone to go off trail and these trails are not, you know, completely buffed out. Like, I mean, you're on, you know, inclines and side hills and things like that. So we need to be super safe. Um, just talking about that really quickly. I know we're going a little over time and we think that's hopefully okay for people. This is really important information. Um, safety. Is there anything you want to just kind of call out or just give people some some assurance about like what's happening out there in terms of safety sweeps and all that sort of thing? Yep. So we'll have sweeps following uh, last runner behind each distance. Um, we have a pretty extensive uh, medical team led by uh, Karen Rose, our medical director, um, and her lesser half, Bill Rose, is our emergency um, evacuation uh director. So, um, he, I mean, he's met with Cal fire. He's met with El Dorado County, Placer County. Uh, and uh, I mean, this, this guy knows these trails in his sleep. Um, and he has a, a team of people that is ready, uh, at hand, um, if the need arises. And with that said, you know, if, if you're a runner on course and you come across an injured runner, you know, um, it's it's our it's our responsibility as a trail running community to to stay with that runner you know and a, and a good piece of advice is um you know pull out your cell phone you know and and get your google maps open and get a pin and get those gps 
longitude latitude and maybe pass that on to another runner that's going to get to another aid station and have that information given to an aid station captain. That could be useful. Um, you know, we're not going uh, deep into the canyons this year, but there's there's some locations on our course that are still difficult to access. Uh, and that kind of info would be invaluable. And, you know, maybe a little message, you know, to that aid station captain of what the issue is with that runner. And giving that to Karen, our medical director, and Bill, our evac guy, would be monumental. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's a whole network of radio operators out there for places that are not accessible by cell phone. This is going to be critical um, to get that information back to them. They can relay it to somebody who can take action. Uh, would you hazard a guess to say, like, if you really came across a situation, you know, dire situation, just turn around. Like if you're close to the aid station, it's closer to go back. That could be your day, but you're going to be assisting a fellow trail runner. Once they have somebody else with them, that is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you're gonna have to use your best judgment, you know, what, whatever aid station would be closest, you know, if you just left an aid station, yeah. Retracting backwards would be optimal. Um, yeah. if, if you're mobile. Yeah. And so worst case, you don't have the day that you want. You're in the middle of the trail. You're between aid stations and you're like, today's not my day. Should you just walk off the trail or should you check in with an aid station if you need to drop? What should what should a runner do? Thank you for saying that, Jess. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Check in with the aid station. Um, yeah. I, the way I, I see these races uh, and this is very important to me is like those are my children out there. And, you know, we're responsible for all of them and we just can't go to bed knowing, you know, that someone's not accounted for, you know, so between our ham radio team and the timing system and uh, our evac team uh, and sweep team, um, we, we have, we have checks and balances in place to, to track where every runner is. So if you walk off course and don't tell anyone, which has definitely happened, um, we're not going to know that you're there, but if that is the case, uh, please, please, please call race management. Uh, and that contact info is available, but we much, we'd appreciate if it's done in the aid station. Yeah. Cause you know, um, that sometimes people don't think, you know, they're right at no hands. So there's a road there. Maybe they could get a ride or something, but yeah, check in with your aid station captain, not just the volunteer and make sure that you are accounted for and taken care of. Um, and then we will get you home very quickly. Well, as quick as we can. Um, any anything that you guys need your runners to know that we haven't talked about? Anything you're itching to tell them? Except that I, you're so excited to see them. I drink IPAs. Perfect. <laughs> Good to know, Abby. What can they bring you? Be happy, smile. I just want to see everybody have a great time. Awesome. Chaz, what should they bring you? Um, bring your joy, uh, running and, uh, sharing this experience with the community. Uh, please be polite and courteous to the volunteers and, and everyone involved at the race. They're out there giving up their days that you can be, uh, supported. Um, there is, you know, uh, the road crossing at driver's flat is Obviously, well, we're going to have three CHP there. So, but just don't get, you know, I mean, I know we usually pay attention, but there are some road crossings out there, um, you know, confluence, 
and that last long uh, location and get that I'll stay, send it on for a station. If they're in a uh, um, is very important. Other than that, um, it's gonna be one heck of a good time. Enjoy this. Uh, the beautiful scenery, weather's gonna be looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks, Chaz. And then Sean and Abby, do you want to shout out any of your sponsors that are returning or any of your new sponsors that we might see out there on the course? Um, Sean, uh, I guess for our aid station captains, um, let me run through them right now that um, are representing. Um, we have Paolo from the aid station. We have um, Casey and her team from Donner, or I'm sorry, from Striders out of Reno. Uh, we have Donner Party Mountain Runners. They are at, I believe, uh, Driver's Flat. Um, we have Hillsboro Running Company represented at a couple aid stations at Cool mm -hmm. and at No Hands. Um, who am I missing as far as our returning running clubs? Um, Those guys. My yes, of course. Yeah, Mile 99, of course, at Ma Mammoth Bar. Um, we've got our... our Queen Ling at Forest Hill. She's she's the queen of Forest Hill. Uh, let's see. Who else am I missing, guys? I'm... Uh, Manoush is at Clementine and representing the Auburn Recreation District in the uh, Rotary Club. He's bringing in a great group. We have uh, Patrick Morin also there. And the, the goats, Bob Crowley from Sweetmeyer yeah, at Brown's Bar. Uh, we and Fleet feet at cool as well. We have uh, Hassan and David, right? Trail running adventures. Um, uh, the eight, yeah, you mentioned the aid station, so Paula will be out mm -hmm. there at Cal 2. And then I believe that is it. And our, you know, again, our activations at our aid stations will be Hoka, uh, Vibram, NAC our um, nutrition sponsor and Camelback. That's great. And, and, you know, it, I mean, our team has increased significantly over the years, you know, I, I mean, eight years ago, I think it was just, you know, a combination of Chaz, Abby and I and Chris and Pete Broomhall. And I, I, I think we have close to 30 people now. And in addition to our huge team of volunteers and it, like, this is a huge undertaking, like the amount of time that we're all putting in and the level of detail that we're doing, you know, putting into this race is, is, uh, is just, it's, it's a lot. So we thank everyone. Oh, and our ham radio team, I believe Joe's Joe Steinmetz is on here. Um, I see him in the there. Uh, so Joe is, uh, you know, our, the Western States radio uh, lead and he is on our team as well. So stoked to have them. For sure. I'd, like, I'd like to add. Uh, I'd like to add the city of Auburn. Uh, they have uh, welcomed us with open arms to shut down their street and take a lot of flack from some of the old timers that don't want to have to go around their normal route. Uh, County. 
as well. Um, um, you know, so uh, let's let's treat our our community neighbors out there. You know, let's not park in private property. Let's not try to use side yards as bathrooms. Um, you know, uh, that tends to not want people to accept people coming into the community. And, and uh, so let's be on our P's and Q's when it comes to interacting with the neighborhoods. And I see the chat, um, David, one of our aid station captains says, this is gonna be an amazing event. And I can attest to all the meetings. I've just been to a fraction of, I'm sure what they've put. And there's just so much thought and love and dedication um, put for this event. So I'm so excited for another year at Mammoth Bar and to see what Canyons is gonna bring us. Um, thank you, Sean and Abby and Chaz for coming on tonight. We really appreciate everything you guys do for us. Uh, we will not, be recording in exactly two weeks because after canyons week the mile 99 crew needs a little break just like the canyons crew so um, we're going to take a little bit of time off but we're going to come back on may 10th with a local sweetheart beth lang uh, for episode 94 and then some call him the mayor of forest hill jack meyer will be joining us uh, may 24th for episode 95 as always, we are deeply, deeply thankful for everyone who supports us through our Patreon, which we post our after shows, or our one-time donations through Venmo. It keeps the lights on around here, which we so desperately love and appreciate. Um, if you aren't following us, give us a follow on all platforms. We are at The Mile 99 Interview, and we even have our website, themile99interview.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight, and we will see you on the trails. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. See you on the Chaz. trails.